This is After the Gridiron, a podcast featuring interviews with retired football players. If you're a fan of After the Gridiron, make sure you subscribe to the show to ensure that you won't miss an episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Symphonies. Symphonies is an online store that provides custom clothing and accessories. They have a number of quality products available at affordable prices. They offer custom, unique, funny, and inspirational products that you won't find anywhere else. So go to www.symphonies.ca to shop for your next purchase. And as a special offer for our listeners, enter promo code GRIDIRON to get 15% off your purchase. So there's no excuse not to check it out. Again, that's www.symphonies.ca. Symphonies. Great products, great prices. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I am your host, uh, Lyle Green, and uh, today we have as our guest, uh, Brandon Noble. So Brandon played nine years uh, professional football in the NFL. He played with the uh, San Francisco 49ers, also with uh, Barcelona. He played with uh, the best team in in, in, uh, in football, which is Dallas Cowboys. And uh, the worst team in football, which is the Washington Redskins. <laughs> no bias here, no bias here. Uh, he went to uh, Penn State uh, University, and he's uh, selected by uh, San Fran as an undrafted free agent. Um while at Penn State, he was a second-team All-Big Ten in 1996. He was uh, a defensive player of the game in the 97 Fiesta Bowl in the, with the win against uh, Texas, the Longhorns. Um, in NFL Europe, he was uh, All-NFL Europe in 1999 and also made it to the World Bowl that year. But uh, unfortunately, they uh, fell a little bit short in that game, but uh, still had a, a great uh, career there. And uh, after football, he got into coaching. Um, he still does some coaching right now with coaching his son's high school team as a defensive coordinator. Um, he also got into broadcasting with uh, ESPN Radio and uh, did some. Uh, sp- was also a spokesperson for uh, MRSA, Survivors Network, and we'll get into all of that as well. And uh, just recently, he's uh, opened up his new business, which is uh, Blue White Media. So we'll uh, get into details of that as well. So, Brendan, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. That's that's a that's a jumbled. Uh, that's a lot of stuff right there, man. No that's doubt. a lot spitting out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done a lot, which is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? I mean, the football has taken me a lot of places and and been a huge part of my life. And uh, it, it is uh, it's basically you know what what I've kind of hung my hat on for most of the forty five years that I've been on the earth, and, and I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to to still, you know, to continue to be, you know, whether it's on the field with, with my boys uh, as a coach or, you know, being able to talk about it on the weekends as a broadcaster, uh, you know, obviously uh, football is, is, a, is a big part of the, of the noble household. Yeah, yeah, football is a, it's a great sport and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be able to, to stay involved with, uh, with it and to still have a, a chance to, to be involved in some capacities for sure. All right, so I, I usually like to start off the, the podcast by asking uh, the guests to say something about them that most people wouldn't know about them. So what would that be for you? What's something about you that most people don't know about you? Oh, man, most people don't know about me. I am actually, uh, what's something? I feel like nowadays, man, there's nothing that people don't know about anybody. You know what I mean? With, all, with yeah, all, that's with, true. With I, social media, it's, I, it's tough. I, yeah. feel, <laughs> I feel it's all out there. I think, I think one of the things that the people might be surprised to know is like when I first started playing football, 
I tried to quit every day. Uh, you know, oh, really? Yeah, like I, my mom wouldn't let me play football until I was in like the eighth grade. And she, yeah. I, put, I grew up playing soccer. I, I'm originally from California, and youth soccer out there is huge. And so I played yeah. soccer all the way up until my freshman year of high school. But uh, when my mom finally let me go out, and I was always a bigger kid, my mom finally yeah. let me go out to play football. I remember I played for the, the, the PYL Panthers out in Yorba Linda, California. And, uh, you know, you go through all the, the early stuff without the pads on and all those things, right? You know, so here's this big kid, and the coaches are all excited. Because I could run. I mean, I could do all the things that you wanted to do. But, man, when, yeah. we, when we put those pads on, brother, that was the was first time. It, yeah, that was the first time I had ever been hit like that. And that's hard. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. Like, it's not a natural act to run into another person. Like, it's completely abnormal. And I'm always a little worried about the little kids that do it really well really early because it makes you think, boy, that guy's going to be a handful growing up. But, oh, yeah, yeah. but the, but the, but I remember getting hit. And I remember, um, I can't think of the kid's first name, but his last name was, I mean, this is how, how scarred it was, was Gonchar. So, and, and he was the, like the big guy, the, like he played football since he was like seven years old and we do this tackle and yeah. drill, right? And it's just like you're, you're run of the mill, you're kind of one-on-one tackling, man. He blew right through me. Like I wasn't even there. <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah. I'm just going to go stand in the back of the line and let everybody get in front of me. And for the That's rest, it, yeah. and for the rest of the season, I came up with every excuse humanly possible to not play football. From from oh, wow. <laughs> from terrible gastrointestinal issues to uh, to um, uh, you know forgetting my helmet at home for a game. I mean, like I literally tried it all man i did not want to play football that first year yeah so that's a little bit of something that people people don't know or definitely would not assume when you when you kind of think about all the things that you just rattled off there you've accomplished yeah exactly after all those accomplishments that's that's how it started out with you (laughs) running away from the sport running away as fast as possible my my parents had a rule and i've got to hear my house too is you don't quit once you start something you don't quit it and you can always reevaluate that decision before the next football season rolls around or whatever it is, you know, that you don't want to do anymore, but you're going to finish. Uh, and and yeah. for me, for me, honestly, the best thing that happened was, like I said, I was out in California at the time. Uh, and that summer, that next summer, going into my freshman year of high school, we moved from Cal, from Southern California, Orange County, uh, across the country to Virginia Beach, Virginia, where I went to high school. And that changed. And, and I, I guess it kind of gave me a fresh start and that, you know, People out there, those guys that I played football with, they kind of seen how soft I was and, and how I didn't like contact and those kinds of things. And when I came to Virginia Beach, it was a great way to kind of meet new people. But at the same time, I kind of had a fresh start and nobody knew what a baby I was the year before. So uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, you didn't have to worry, yeah, face a teammate saying, oh, there he is, trying to run the yeah, again. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly right, it's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so up to, up to that point, were you, like, begging your, your, your mother to play? Were you saying, Mom, please oh. let me play, I, I love the game, I want to I get in there. Were, Absolutely, were man, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I, I, picked up, I picked up football when I was about four or five years old. We lived in Chicago, Illinois, or in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, and I, I remember watching a Green Bay Packers Chicago Bears game on TV, like it was in the snow. It was probably 1977, and like just yeah. and just falling in love with it. I mean, immediately, like that's what I want to do right there. And then, and then, yes, from that point on, it was how can I play football? And it, and all the way up until 
that first experience in pads, uh, <laughs> I was gung ho for it, man. But uh, my mom was, I was her, uh, her, I, I have a little sister. And so it was myself and my sister and, and I was her baby boy and she did not want me to get hurt. And so she kept me out yeah. of it as long as she possibly could. Uh, and oh, then, yeah. and then, and at that point, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I, I learned the hard way real quick that there were some kids that have been playing for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was, I, was, I played offense and running back, so I was always trying to avoid all those, those yeah, things. So ab- yeah, absolutely. Bit for me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, running back is – that's one of those positions I've, I've coached. I have two sons and a daughter, and both of the boys play football. And I've coached them all the way up to kind of the, the Pop Warner ranks and all the way through. And I'm always baffled when, when I've got, you know, moms that come up would come up to me and say, you know, I don't want little Johnny to play offensive line because he's going to get hit all the time. I want him to be a running back. And I was like, the, the guy with the ball gets hit more than anybody the else. Than <laughs> yeah, anybody exactly. else. And it's not just one guy, right? Like, if I'm playing guard, I'm going to block the defensive tackle in front of me, especially a Pop Warner football. But, like, if I'm a running yeah. back, I'm going to get hit by two or three or five kids every time yeah, I touch the football. Yeah, so exactly. I was, I'm was. i always baffled by that one when – when Miles, oh, you know, I want him to play. He needs to play running back. I don't want him getting hurt. I was like, that's the kid that's going to get hurt. You know, that's the that's guy. Good. Exactly. <laughs> He's going to be bruised. Yeah. yeah. Every time. <laughs> every time he touches the ball, man. So, yeah. So, I, I get yeah. that. I, I, it's a, it's a, I, I love the game, like I said. I, and I remember from basically the moment that I saw it, uh, that I wanted to play it. And uh, I was able to overcome that initial kind of beating and i think everybody kind of has to go through it when you you know the, whenever you start playing whether it's young and everybody's kind of on the same page but when you start seeing kids to get inserted into football you know in middle school or high school there's a learning curve it, like i said it's, it's not a natural act in fact i watch it now and i'm like good lord how did i ever do that like i can barely get off the, <laughs> yeah i can barely get off the floor you know, like, let alone, yeah. like, fall down all the time as an adult. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't make any sense, but but it's, it's an amazing game, man. Oh, yeah. It's a great great team game, great team sport, and, yeah, it teaches you a lot, and not just football, but uh, in life as well. With, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, you, as you said, you eventually made it over the initial fear and uh, developed <laughs> into a, a pretty good player and, and did well there in, in Virginia. So how did uh, how did things go with you uh, selecting uh, Penn State as your as your university? Uh, you know what? It was um, it was 100 per- I Most of the good decisions that I've made, I've learned, I, I just turned 45 a couple maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. And, I, you know, looking back, I've made a lot of good decisions, a lot of bad decisions. Uh, and at the end of the day, the one thing that I've learned about myself is like, if I trust my gut, like I know when I'm making the right decision and I know when I'm yeah. making a bad decision, right? You just do, you've got that feeling. And so, um, I was coming out of high school. I was the player of the year in the state of Virginia. I was an all state offensive and defensive tackle. Uh, and, and I, had a, I had a lot of schools recruiting me and, and I narrowed it down. Uh, my final five were Virginia tech, Penn state, Michigan, Georgia Tech and South Carolina. And I knew in my head that I didn't, I love, I, Virginia Tech is a great institution. Uh, and, and what Coach Beamer did there is absolutely incredible. But I was getting recruited okay. in, I was getting recruited in 1991 when he hadn't done yeah. that yet, right? So they had just come on board. Um, in fact, just I just, established. yeah, they had just, yeah. So my senior year, they were two, nine, and one. That's not very good, right? So, so, and the other thing for me um, is I didn't want to go to high school again. And and for a lot of kids that I went to school with went to Virginia Tech. And I had probably three or four guys that I had played high school football 
that were older than me that were already there at Virginia Tech. And I wanted a new experience. Um, And so for me, the other thing I knew is I wanted to play football up north. I did not want to play in the south. I didn't want to be hot. I wanted to play in the snow. I wanted to play in the cold. cold? Yeah, well, I did. I don't anymore. I absolutely don't anymore, but I used to. And (laughs) now that I'm older, um, but, you know, it it goes back to me. It goes back to my early memories of football. I grew up a Chicago Bears fan. And I was so that's to say your first memory yeah. you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. yeah. So so that for me was was big. And so I knew I wanted to go north. Uh, you know, Joe Paterno and Penn State, they show up and all of a sudden Michigan shows up, and those were really the two. So I took my visit to Virginia Tech because I kind of felt like I had to. I knew I'd have a good time. Uh, and I, and look, yeah. they, they had been recruiting me from the start, just like Penn State had. And took my trip to Virginia Tech, took my trip to Penn State, took my trip to um to Michigan. And I did all three of those in like three weekends. And now you're seven, I was 17 years old, right? You're going on these trips and you're having a good time. You're not sleeping a whole lot and you're exhausted. And so I went to, I went to Penn state and I liked it. I went to Michigan yeah. and I almost, I almost committed at Michigan. Like that's the kind oh, of, really? yeah, that's the kind of visit that it was. Desmond Howard had just won the Heisman. Right, and they had just been. Oh, yeah. the I mean, it was just they had this incredible team, and they were a team that was, you know, on the brink of a national title in the Big Ten. It's Michigan. I mean, that that to me is one of those iconic football programs. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and so, like, I almost committed there, and I didn't. And I, I for some reason, and so I go home. I called Jim Caldwell, who was recruiting me at Penn State, and I said, "Hey, can you can the defensive?" Um, line coach come down i'd like to talk to him or kind of talk to him and so jim williams was the d-line coach there he came down to virginia beach we sat in like my guidance counselor's office for i don't know 45 minutes an hour talking football and kind of where do you see me fitting and this that and the other uh jim left and i got on the phone and i called my parents and again i got on a pay phone because there were not cell phones i got on a pay phone in the high school Yeah, (laughs) yeah called my pay phone in the high school called my mom and dad probably collect and said, yeah. <laughs> and said, um, I'm going to go to Penn State. And they were fine with that. They, they, they stayed out of the process completely somehow or another. I have three kids of my own. I don't know how they did that. Um, did, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but they did. And uh, so then I called Jim Caldwell up. And I said, Coach, I'm coming. And that, that was it. it was a gut feeling. I mean, it really was. It was, it was you're, you're looking at two great story, traditional programs at Penn State and Michigan, great educations. Yeah. You're going to win a lot of football games. Penn State was going into the Big Ten. So it was kind of apples and apples to an extent. And um, and my gut told me that Penn State was where I needed to be. And, and it worked out pretty well for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's hard to choose yeah, between you know, two two great historic care programs like those two. I mean, you really couldn't have gone uh, wrong either way. Yeah, until, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah, you followed your gut, then you went with uh, Penn State, and, and obviously uh, you made a good decision for yourself and uh, had a great career there, and, and uh, you guys uh, you know, won the Fiesta Bowl and your uh, second team all Big Ten. So, yeah, the, yeah great career there, and, and things went well for you. Yeah, I mean, look, it was, right, so, it, it was, it was great. It was a good place. A good time to be at Penn State, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just thankfully, yeah, you weren't there when when I when we went up to Penn State. I went to Toledo, so we went to Penn State when uh, – one 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 of the down years, so we, we kind yeah of, we were able to, yeah. to, <laughs> we were able right, to well, take it take you guys out that time, but uh, yeah, yeah thankfully this, we didn't have to go against you. <laughs> yeah, this, this this interview is over now. Now that I know that you went to Toledo, <laughs> and you beat us. we're done. I'm out of here. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, so you guys definitely could, bad, yeah. there was definitely a stretch there, man. There was definitely a stretch there where uh, 
things were not so great and happy to know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, your your NFL experience. Um, you were uh, uh, undrafted free agent, so uh, yeah, you didn't uh, didn't end up getting drafted. But uh, talk no. about uh, your draft experience and what you expected if you're you know, if the teams were talking to you about possibly drafting you. How'd uh, how'd that all go down for you? You know what? It was a weird deal for me. I, I was um, I'm, I'm I'm what you would typically call undersized for a defensive lineman. I'm about six one. So, I mean, between six one and six two. The NFL had me officially listed at six one and three quarters. Uh, I was two hundred and sixty five pounds at Penn State. They didn't. Joe didn't want us to be big. He believed in small, fast guys, um, and so I was. I was super undersized, and I, and I and that hurt me when I went into the draft. So my I was projected a third to fifth round pick. Uh, they, you know, that, oh, okay. that, that's what everybody was telling me. My agent felt like that. But I went and played in the Senior Bowl after after the season, my last year at Penn State. And uh, when I was down there, a couple things happened. Number one, I found out I didn't get invited to the combine. And that was kind of a big red flag for me, right? You know what I mean? Like, if you go to the yeah. combine, you've got a really good chance of getting drafted. Again, I didn't get in, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get invited to the combine. Chances are probably not a good sign. Um, the other thing was when I was at the Senior Bowl, one of the things that the Senior Bowl happens is after practice in the evenings, a lot of the um, – GMs and scouts and coaches are down there and they, they grab players that they're interested in and talk to them, right? They'll go, you know, they'll go out meet, you know, they'll go to dinner, they'll have meetings, you know, they'll talk, they'll, they'll get together to kind of learn a little bit about you. As my roommate, uh, a, a kid named Matt Keneally, who played at USC, he was a big D tackle every night. He's out talking to some team, right? And I'm going back to the room and just sitting there by myself. And I was like, well, man, this is, this is not good, right? So with those two things, yeah, yeah. With, with those two things happening, um, I knew in my head, in my gut, the draft weekend was going to be a long weekend, and it was. Again, going back to the crazy idea of not having cell phones, and my, uh, you know, my my phone, my means of communication was attached to the wall in my apartment, and so basically that enti- that entire weekend, man, I sat in my room waiting for a phone call that never came, and watched guy after guy get drafted ahead of me. Uh, through two two days of the draft, and it was miserable. Uh, it was it was yeah. maybe the longest forty eight hours of, of you know up until that point of my life. Definitely the longest forty eight hours. I probably had a couple since then that have been, been a little longer. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but yeah, no, it was a rough weekend, man. And and so so, but I did end up. You know, there comes a point where they say if you don't get drafted, kind of after the fifth round. Uh, you're better off being a, an undrafted free agent. I don't know if yeah, I buy so that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I buy that. At the end of the day, if you're not drafted after the third round, you're screwed either way. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the way that I look at it. Um, yeah. It's, it's a hard road to hoe. Um, so, yeah, so I ended, up, I ended up with the Niners. I had a couple of different opportunities. It was really weird. Like I said, I was undersized. I was fast. I was quick. I was agile. I had been worked out at everything from the Steelers worked me out as an inside linebacker. Uh, the Colts wanted me to come play center. They wanted to change me to the other side of the ball. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, I was sitting there, and I had, like, all these, you know, the Steelers, all the four or five teams had called, uh, and the 49ers, and I mean, look, my agent was like, look, this is your best opportunity. And so I was like, okay. You know what I mean? That, I was pissed. You know what I mean? Like, I was, you know, crushed. And so I was just like, whatever, man. Whatever you say, that's whatever. where I'll go. You know, so I got yeah. – and I got a I got a. I think I got an eighteen hundred dollars signing bonus. Think about that. Oh, you broke the bank on that one. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's that's a lot of beer Jeez. money in state college. So I could yeah. I could do some damage at uh, quarter beer night down at the crow bar. 
yeah. So, so yeah. So then that's that's kind of what happened. And I, I next thing I know, I'm a undrafted free agent uh, heading to San Francisco. Yeah, that's yeah. That's kind of how it goes sometimes when you, you have, they have uh, certain you know, parameters that they want for certain positions, and as we see that now with with quarterback in, in, yep. in, the, in the NFL with yeah guys being shorter now but uh yeah back then yeah they wanted guys that they're you know six three and up and at least you no know, 280 290 as oh, a yeah. tackle and if you, if you didn't fit that then yeah the, you didn't think you could play so yep um i'm guess i'm, I'm sure that definitely motivated you and then as you said you're you're a little upset about that not getting <laughs> drafted and that pushed you to, to to make it even more and to show them that you could play in the nfl which you ended up doing so yeah talk about uh I guess you had spent some time in NFL Europe, so talk about your your experience over there and and uh, being able to to get back to the NFL after. Yeah, you know, I, I, I guess uh, thankfully there was NFL Europe, and now we don't have that. And you've seen this AAF that just folded, and the XFL is coming back. And and for for those of us that don't know what the NFL Europe was, it was basically a farm system. Uh, it was a place for for players to go and play more football, which I think is needed, and we still need it. Um, but, but it was great and it was run by the NFL. And so if you were a guy that that was on the bubble in the NFL, they, they could send you over there as an allocated player. So the first year, uh, I was with San Fran on their practice squad for, for a little bit. And then, uh, yeah. ended up, they said, Hey, look, you know, we're going to send you over to NFL Europe to play some football. Just out of dumb luck. I ended up playing for the Barcelona dragons, uh, an amazing experience. Again, you know, hindsight being what it is, and you look at everything, you say, man, that was, I've had a great run. And now it's not – I would have much rather been a first-round draft pick, you know, and, 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 and that would have been great. But, like, my experience in NFL Europe was amazing. I got to go all over Europe. They paid for it, uh, and I played football. I mean, and there was no I, – I, yeah. I, I put it I, – the best way to equate it is, like, being in college but without any school. It was – yeah. yeah, it was, it was 35 Americans – all living in a hotel together in Barcelona, just outside of Barcelona, Spain. Um, all we did was play cards, play football. We played a lot of beach volleyball, um, and and we played. And that, that was it. And we hung out. We went out drinking, and we we traveled around Europe at as at twenty two, twenty three years old. It was a great experience. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, a lot of guys talk about their experience in NFL Europe, and especially Barcelona as being such a, a beautiful city and a beautiful town. So I'm sure, yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun out there, and being able to, yeah, like you said, play football with it's like college without the without the schooling, without the, the classes. Yeah. So yeah, it must have been a, yeah an awesome an awesome experience out there for sure. Yeah, it was, and and look, the, you know, I went twice, and so I went back to San Francisco. Uh, they cut me again, and I ended up on their practice squad again for for you know six weeks or something like that, and. And I, and I knew and after the season, they wanted to sign me again. And I was like, look, man, I, I want to go someplace else. I told my aide, you know, I said, that's, you know, they've, they've cut me a couple times now. I, I'm good. Like, and look, so here's the yeah. thing, like for the, for the football junkies that listen to this podcast, the room, this was the D-line room in San Francisco, all right? So it was Bryant Young, who's going to be a Hall yeah. of Famer. Um, uh, Dana Stubblefield, who's one of the best. He got oh, Stubblefield, some, some yeah. Stubblefield, right, um, Chris Dolman, who's a Hall of Famer, Kevin oh, wow, yeah. Kevin Green, who's a Hall of Famer, Roy Barker, who oh, Kevin for, yeah Kevin Green was there, Roy Barker, who played for like ten years, Junior Bryant, who played for like ten years. They, oh man, they yeah. brought they brought Charles Haley in at the end of one season. I mean, like this is oh, a room. Of, I mean, yeah, I mean, think about that room, man. You're just and I'm sitting there like this little tiny guy, like sitting in a room going, 
first of all, I was a sponge, right? I was learning from everybody and listening and doing everything I could to soak it in. Um, but, I'm, you know, yeah. realistically, man, like, I'm never going to make this team. You know, like, with this group. Now, they were all getting older, so there may have been an opportunity down the road. But, whatever. So, I told my aides, and I was like, look, man, I don't want to go back to San Francisco. I don't want to sign with them again. So, <laughs> excuse me. He said, all right, well, here are the other teams that are interested. And they were all interested because of my first year in NFL Europe's take. And, yeah. and that, again, that, it saved my career. And so – so with that being said, I said my choices were the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Cleveland Browns who were coming back. Um, yeah. And so, so I said, well, let's take a look at this whole thing. And I end up uh, Dallas looks like it's the best opportunity. And so there you go. You know, I said, all right, let's sign with the Cowboys. And the, the I knew all three of the teams were going to send me back to NFL Europe. So it didn't yeah. you know from that perspective. I knew I was going back. And so the Cowboys. Uh, I signed with the Cowboys and off I went to Barcelona again and spent another uh, another four months uh, on the beach playing volleyball and playing football, you know, in the mornings <laughs> and on Saturdays. So it was it was a blast, man. I, I loved it. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, you definitely made the, the best choice, probably your best choice of, of your career playing for the Cowboys. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. So, so yeah, so I did. And look, I and again, just being fortunate, I guess, in, in, in some way, shape or form, I ended up at the Cowboys at a time when, um, you know, Leon Lett, who's a good friend, a friend of mine, uh, and a hell of a football coach and a hell of a football player, but he got suspended for eight games because of drug use, and that opened up that opened up a door for me. And and I and I had told my wife, who was, we were engaged at the time, uh, I said, look, I said this is my last camp. I had almost stopped after after the 49ers cut me the second time, right, to so the second camp. I went home and I told, I, I, got, I bought my wife an engagement ring. We got engaged. Uh, I said, Hey, I'm going to give this, you know, I, and I was, I was going back and forth about not playing any more football. And yeah. uh, my, my dad grabbed me and said, look, man, this is not something that you can turn around and do when you're 35. Right. Like totally, if you, yeah. if you want to do this, you have to chase it now. And, and that, that little talk and kind of, you know, talking to some, some friends and talking to, to my wife, uh, you know, talking through it. And I said, okay, I'll give it one well, more try. So I'll give it one more try. So I went to NFL Europe again, came back, went to the Cowboys, third training camp. I still haven't officially made a team. Um, you know, I've been on the practice squad a couple of times, third training camp. And I told, I told Mary Kate, my wife, I said, look, this is it. I said, if I get cut, I said, you're going to fly down here, fly down here right before the last cuts. And I'm either going to make the team or I'm going to get cut. And if I get cut, We'll take the money that I've made. We'll drive back. She's from Philadelphia. I was living my, my folks from Virginia Beach at the time. I said, we'll drive, we'll drive back up to the Northeast. We'll have a little vacation, uh, you know, and then we'll just get on with our lives. We'll get married and, you know, I'll go get a job or do whatever. And, and that'll be that. And, or if I'm, or if, yeah, or if I make the team, uh, we're down here and we'll see what happens. And so Leon, yeah. Leon got suspended. Basically it was an open audition and an opportunity. And, and so there, there were two, yeah, for that spot. And there, but the, here's the thing, right? So <clears throat> everybody knows though, that in eight weeks, Leon's coming back. So, so you had like, you had camp to prove yourself. And so what they did is they kept two young defensive linemen. They kept myself and they kept another guy, Nathan Davis, who had played at Indiana and had been drafted. Uh, I can't think of who drafted him. They may have been the Cowboys that drafted him. And uh, so they kept they kept the both of us that, and basically they were like, all right, you know, you guys have eight weeks, 
and tell us why we Show shouldn't cut yeah. yep, why we shouldn't cut you. And basically, you know, I, I outplayed Nathan over eight weeks. And I so when, when Leon came back, Nate got cut and I stuck around and, and next thing you know, I, I, I'm you know I'm a starting nose guard for the Dallas Cowboys for three years. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, I just got yeah. That's the that's the business, yeah. It's a, a two man competition and when injuries come up, you know, you get that next man up and you, you had an opportunity and you definitely seized it and made the most of it and uh and carried on for uh for for a, for a few years in your career, which is which is awesome. Yeah, no, it was like I said, it was. And and look the reason I was starting, like you you just mentioned it, like Chad Hennings got hurt, Leon Lett got hurt, and next thing you know, like there's you know, I was a rotational guy my first year there. I played a lot. I played in all the games. I, you know, I, I was I was productive, three and a half sacks and a lot of pressures. I was actually a nickel three technique at the time. I was only about two hundred and eighty five pounds, and they changed okay. the de- they changed the defensive scheme by going into my 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 second year there, and uh, and they needed some guys to get a little bigger, and so they take and you get bigger. So I, the next year I came in at like two ninety, and I started playing nose guard behind Chad Henning. Chad got hurt. So I started the second half of the season there, and then uh, and then and then they said, "Hey, can you get any bigger?" And I ended up <laughs> I I ended up playing my last year in Dallas. Man, I was three hundred and twenty pounds. Oh my goodness! So yeah, wow. I went from a two hundred and sixty pound, sixty five pound senior in college, senior. and within three years, I was three hundred and twenty pounds. Oh man! Yeah, and that was a lot of fun gaining all that weight. There was a lot of beer and pizza and food involved. Um, but, yeah, sure uh, been, uh, yeah, good to, good to, uh, nice and easy to put it on for sure. Yeah, exactly. It was before we had kids. So it was kind of like, you know, my wife would just cook for me and, uh, it was, uh, it was good. Yeah. So, so I, I had a great time in Dallas. I, you know, I, I really loved playing there. Um, you know, it seems like you are a bit of a Dallas fan. Um, I, yeah. you know, to me, I wanted to stay there. I, but, but one of the things was I was, I did three, I did four one year contracts in Dallas. Right, they were always oh, trying really? to. They were always trying to replace me. Right, the NFL is a weird deal. We're we're rolling into the draft, and like being a draft, like I mentioned before, you know, being a draft pick carries some weight. And so, if you're a street free agent like I was, they don't ever seem to be able to get over that. Sometimes, right? You know, there's always going to be somebody yeah. better, and they always feel yes. pressed to to find somebody to better. replace you. Yeah, yeah. You always and, carry that label of a free agent. Yeah, yeah. So. So next thing you know, man, I'm, I do a one-year contract, a one-year contract, and then I go into my, my restricted free agent year, get another one-year contract, then I go into my, my, my un, uh, unrestricted free agent year. And I, I was doing everything I could to get a contract extension. Like, I wanted to stay in Dallas. I really did. I loved it there. Uh, we had a really – Mike Zimmer was our defensive coordinator – uh, we had a really good oh, nice. defense the 2001, 2002. You know, we were, we were top five in the NFL on bad football teams. Five and 11 football teams with a top 10 defense uh, and a bottom, you know, bottom of the league offense. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and so, so it was great. But at the, end, at the end of the day, they, you know, they couldn't see, they couldn't get past that. And they weren't, all I really wanted was, uh, you know, I wanted what a starting defensive tackle in the NFL made at the time, which compared to what these jokers is making um, was nothing. And, uh, and, and they weren't quite willing to do it. And so I knew that I knew that the, the Redskins were interested. Like I mentioned before, man, my wife was from Philadelphia. I'm from, I was, my folks were in Virginia beach. We were starting to have a family. 
Uh, we had one little boy. My, my oldest boy was born in Dallas. My wife was pregnant with our daughter at the time. So to get closer to home, uh, to go play in D.C. made sense. And they were going to pay me. Yeah. They were going to pay me more money, a good chunk more that's money. And it, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Um, it was tough, though. Like I said, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a loyal guy, and they gave me a shot, and, and, and I played a lot of football for them. But uh, at the end of the day, it's also a business, and, and you've got to take care of your family first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. People don't realize that it is it is a business, and uh, you have to think of the the business side of things. Even though, like you said, you're a loyal guy, and you want to, you loved it there, and they gave you the opportunity to to start your career there. But uh, at the end of the day, if they're if they're not willing to to pony up the the dollars and, and pay you what uh, you should be getting, then you have to you know, look at the other options. And yeah, unfortunately, it was Washington that uh, <laughs> offered it to you. But <laughs> uh, I get that but, a lot. Uh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, and, and well, I mean, what what makes it all? I mean, worse. But as I live in Philadelphia, right? So like, and my wife's oh, from man. Philly. Yeah, so my wife's from Philly, <laughs> yeah. and. I played for the Cowboys and the Redskins, which are like the and two. The yeah, I mean, you know, so nobody liked any of those teams up here. So uh, it's tough, man. Yeah. I, I always tell people, I, I start out with Penn State, and then I, I, I tell them I play for the Redskins, and I mumble Cowboys under my breath because uh, they, yeah, exactly. they are the arch enemy up here. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, family and dinners are probably pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotten better now. I haven't played in a long it's time. But, yeah, but it's yeah, gotten better. Yeah. It, but when I, when I was playing, man, what, the worst part was when I was playing is when the Eagles were making that run with McNabb and, and Bryant Westbrook and Andy Reid, right, like when they were a really good football team. And they were, they yeah. were, yeah, they were beating us. So, like, I had to come up here and spend, you know, a month with my in-laws who were all from the Philly area and just hear about yeah. it constantly, man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was brutal. It was terrible. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See the things we go through as athletes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah. So uh, moving on to the you know life after football and, and transitioning out of the game. Uh, you mentioned that, you know having these one year contracts and finally Washington did pony up, but. Uh, I guess it might, do, might have made you think of uh, of doing things after and, and what you wanted to do after football. So uh, talk about uh, transitioning out of football. Yeah, so, well, for me, like my, my career ended uh, rather uh, abruptly. I, I, I went to Washington. Uh, my second preseason game in 2003, I tore my ACL, my MCL, my PCL, and dislocated my kneecap. And then, oh, uh, yeah, it was brutal. And I didn't think I'd play again. And I actually did. I came back. I played the next year, 2004, and uh, played the whole season, was starting again by week eight of the next of that year, and was playing some really good football. And then I ended up getting this uh, – I had a little kind of normal, um, you know, off-season arthroscopic uh, surgery just to clean out my right knee. And I ended up getting yeah. a, MRSA, a MRSA infection. And this was before people really knew what MRSA was or talked about it. And it almost killed me. I mean, they, they, when they took me to doctors, oh, wow. when, they, when they brought me into the hospital, they said, uh, we're, we're seriously considering uh, having to take your leg off or you may die. And, uh, oh, and yeah, and it was to that point. And uh, thankfully, I, I still have my leg uh, and I'm alive, obviously. So uh, that, that didn't yeah. happen that way. But I ended up getting this. Uh, so I had that one. I came back. I had a second uh, surgery on my left knee, which I had blown out. And uh, that ended up getting a MRSA infection. So I had two MRSA infections that almost killed me. Oh, wow. uh, and then the, after the second infection, uh, I threw multiple pulmonary embolisms into my lungs. So I had blood clots in my lungs after the surgery. 
and uh, almost almost died and lost lost the the bottom quarter of both of my lungs died. I sat there in my recliner for like two days with blood clots, and uh, I'm I'm, for, I'm fortunate to be here. But uh, but I was laying in the hospital. I was in the hospital about seven seven days or so uh, with the with the embolisms. And uh, I remember laying there, and the doc comes in, and he goes, "Hey, you know, look, you can't play football on blood thinners. Uh, you know, if you get hit, you know, bleeding on the brain, you could you could die. Uh, and so we can we can cut you open and put screens in your veins or arteries, whichever one bring the blood back up uh, to catch the blood clots. And so to me, that was a completely yeah. normal idea, right? I was like, "Well, shit, I'm in the hospital already. Oh, sure, just do that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I want to keep playing. Uh, my goal was to play ten years, and and so I wanted to, I had another year left on my contract. I wanted to get that in. Uh, and I said, let's keep playing. And Mary Kate, my wife happened to be in the room. And, and at that time, so I had gone in in December. There's a second MRSA and surgery it was an emergency surgery. Also, I went in on Thursday night, had surgery. My wife came in on Friday morning and gave birth to our third kid. And so like my wife had a, she had a three, a three-year-old, a two-year-old and like a four week old baby. And, and her Jeez. husband dying in the hospital, right? The and hospital. so, and who and who was about to, to to tell them to go ahead and cut him open so he could continue playing football. To so keep playing. <laughs> and she she basically she looked at the doctor and she and this is how I retired. She looked at the doctor and said, "Doc, you've done." And that's that's yeah. when that's when football ended for me, man. And so, uh, it, you know, everyone stops playing at some point, and no one stops the way they want to very few get to end their career they would they, they want to and uh On their own terms, yeah, yeah absolutely and and so sure there was man and, and i was done and and there was no you know i i left a lot of money on the table that last year my contract is not guaranteed uh in the nfl so i you know so my kind of plans post nfl uh you know it was a valuable lesson uh, you know, relied on finishing out that contract and, and getting some of that money. I had some, you know, some ideas business-wise, and I bought some real estate, and and, uh, and and it all hinged on that, and I wasn't able to do those things. So, uh, and, and the other thing, too, which was really, I think, made my transition kind of odd, not odd, but, but because I, it wasn't like I left the NFL because I was injured. I left the NFL because I almost died. And so for me, like, the mentality was more just get healthy, and then figure it out, right? Like put yourself back together. Been through a lot of trauma over the last, you know, it was about a nine month period. Um, my wife had been through it. You know, my kids, my older two had seen it. They spent a lot of time with me in the hospital. Um, yeah, and so tough just, on the family for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so, uh, you know, so let's just make sure that, that so it took me kind of a, you know, a year and we moved back up to Pennsylvania and, uh, and I really, man, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I mean, I really didn't. I'd started doing, radio and broadcast, you know, being involved in the media, um, early on in my career, I had a radio show down in Dallas, the Brandon Noble show. And, and, and so I was a guy, I was a guy that was always, you know, in the locker room, very media friendly. I was a guy that they came to, I don't know if you can tell, but I like to talk. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so it was kind of a natural progression. I started doing some stuff with ESPN radio and thought that might yeah. be uh, the direction that I go. Uh, and then the other thing was there was a, a local small Division II school up here in in the Philly area called Westchester University. A buddy of mine was the the running backs coach there. They had a position, a part time position open for outside linebackers, and I went down and interviewed for it, and uh, really enjoyed it. And I and I so I started. I was a part time D two football coach, 
and a part time yeah. a part time ESPN radio guy. Um, yes. Yeah, you know, and uh, neither of them paid well, so uh, so it was uh, I was not going to be able to do both. There was no doubt about that, and and so I, I found that uh, I got offered a, a job as a full time position coach there at Westchester. Uh, you know, before I got offered anything with ESPN, so that's the direction yeah. I went. So you went there, yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, how's your experience there? Oh, it was great, man. I loved it. I mean, the, the only real, the, you know, you start to get competitive, which is why I left. And you always want to be at the highest level. And uh, I, I love coaching at Westchester University. You know, you play your those those kids, man, those D two kids, and and that they're playing because they love the game. And and yeah. and they're you know they're not on scholarship or they got a little bit of scholarship money and. And they're just out there, and, and, and they have a great experience, you know. And, and I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great experience. It made me a better coach because I learned how to teach the game uh, to guys that didn't always have the ability to do the things that I was used to doing, right? When you're playing, yeah. at, the, when you're playing at the highest level, the coach can just say, hey, you know, do this, this, or this, right? And most guys can go out and do it because they have that athletic ability. Um, but it's a, I had guys on my D-line that I had to teach them the same – basic stuff over and over and over again for a long time before it really sunk in and they were able to do it. And it wasn't that they weren't yeah. trying, right? Just some of them didn't have the athletic ability or I wasn't explaining it the right way. So it was a really, really good experience for me. Uh, and I loved it. I mean, I, I, I live 20 minutes from Westchester. I, I pop down there anytime nice. I, yeah, I pop down there anytime I can. Now I've got good buddies that are coaches there and, uh, and, and it was really rewarding. And a lot of those young men that I coached, uh, I'm still part of their lives. You know, we go grab breakfast together whenever they're in town. They're always trying to get me to come out drinking with them, which I don't do. Uh, and, uh, and, and it, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. But, you know, I wanted a little bit more. And so I talked to my wife into, into allowing me the, the freedom to kind of chase that dream. Uh, and, and so I left and I ended up coaching a year in the USL. I don't know if you remember that. And then, uh, yeah. and then, then from there I went to coastal Carolina, moved my family to, Myrtle Beach for nine months. Uh, wife and kids weren't super happy down there. Job opened at Temple. Uh, Ex teammate of mine, Matt Rule, got that job. I called him and said, "Hey, man, you want you need a D line guy," and he hired me. And so I moved right back up to the Philly area and uh, and I coached at Temple for a year and realized that yeah. sleeping sleeping on the floor four nights a week doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, well, you know what, man? I look, football's a simple game. I got. I think this is why a lot of times you see players that have, have a tough time when they get into that kind of grinder grinder world of coaching. If you get with one of those old school coaches that believes in kind of sleeping in the building, uh, because look, man, like power's power, right? They're going to double team somebody, back block with the center, and pull the pull the guard. You know, like that's yeah, that's yeah. how that's how they've run it forever, and that's how they're going to run it forever. So I don't need yeah. to watch that play for three hours on film, right? I know how they're going to run it. Um, so yeah, you know, so those kinds of, and my kids were starting to get a little bit older and I, I realized how much I was missing at home. Uh, you know, going, going to work on Sunday night and then coming home on Friday when you live 30 minutes from the building, uh, you know, and you're not seeing your wife and kids. I just wasn't worth it for me. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's part of coaching that, yeah, you, the, obviously the football part is fun and being involved in the game that you love is fun. But, uh, yeah, the other side of it is the, 
the family parts that you miss and uh, not being able to, to spend time with family and to do those things with, with your family is, is, is tough. It's a tough yeah. sacrifice to, to make that coaches have to make. Oh, it absolutely is. I, I have a ton of respect for guys that do it and make a long career of it. Look, your wife and kids have to be willing to be very self-sufficient and they also have to be willing to move, you know, and that was the other thing. Like my kids were kind of rolling into high school and I didn't want to, I didn't want, I knew the reality of the business was at some point I'm going to have to move again. And I really wanted to get my kids through high school if I could before I had to do that. And uh, so I stepped away. And uh, that was the first time. That was, to me, that was my real transition out of football, right? Like, I, I left the NFL, but I still ended up on a football field. When I left coaching, um, I, guess, I guess it was after the 2013 season, um, that, was, that was my real transition, man. I turned 40 years old, and I was, I was not in football for the first time since I was – in the eighth grade, you know, a long time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was scary. How was it? I was about to say, how would how that feel? How did it feel not being, you know, involved in, in the sport? It's hard, man. I mean, look, it, it's <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's difficult, and, and and there's a lot of different reasons and uh, for that, and, and what you know, it, it's 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 who you've been. It, it, you're starting over, you know, you're starting over at forty, which you know, with a wife and three kids and a mortgage and bills and all those things, uh, and and that's you know. That, that's a that's a tough time in your life to say, hey, you know, look, I'm going to go do something else. And the thing that I've done most of my life, uh, while it does give me some characteristics and traits that make me very, you know, marketable, uh, it also means that I haven't had a real job ever, right? So I've got a bunch yeah. of buddies that basically spent from their, you know, early 20s when we graduated from Penn State to 40. Like, that's 20 years in an industry, you know, yeah. that, or, or work experience of real life, you know, like, Hey, do you know how to use Excel? I have no idea how to use Excel. Right. And you know, you know, I don't have those skills. I can, I can do other things, but so these guys have all built these resumes and kind of in their mid forties and they're doing great. And again, that's what you want. But for me, I was basically like, I was fresh out of college. Like I was 40 years old. Yeah. So like I'm, yeah. I've tried everything. I was, a, you know, I, I worked in sales. I was in the financial industry for a while. Uh, you know, just trying to figure out what it is I want to do and, and, and what can I do really to, to this, you know, I've done what I love my whole life and now I'm being forced to do things that I don't love and try and make a living doing that. And, and that's a hard thing to do when you're used to loving what you do, if that makes well, sense. Do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, once you, when you do something you love and not being able to, to find something else that you love to do is, is, is really tough. And that's something that a lot of football player, ex football players face, you know, having to, to go into the, to work, work life and work experience and, and doing a job that they might not like. So it's, yeah, it can be a, it can be a tough experience to, to transition to, to something else after football. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's super difficult. And so my father-in-law who, uh, who's a, a great guy and, and really smart and been around for a long time and, and uh, he grabbed me one day, and, you know, I was, I was, you know, putting on a suit and tie every day and working in a bank and, you know, and, and not happy. And, uh, and he said, man, he goes, just do, what do you want to do? He goes, you're really good at that broadcasting thing, and you seem to like it a lot. He goes, just do that. Right? And I was like, well, that's easier said than done, you know what I mean? But, uh, but, 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 I, but what it did was it spurred me to go back in that direction, right? And so, so that's basically what I did. I started – reaching out to people and figuring out how to, how I can network my way into things. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, kind of where I am now. I'm, I'm basically at the beginning of what I hope is another 20 year career, uh, you know, in the broadcasting world, you know, whether it's calling games on Saturdays or 
talking Penn State football on TV, you know, whatever it is. Like those those are things that I love to do, and I feel like I'm good at. And uh, and you know, I'm I'm starting fresh, starting all over. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you've started your uh, new company, the the Blue White Media. So uh, you can talk about the talk about that, and then and how things are going with that. Yeah. So I I said so I got into broadcasting, and one of the things that I also noticed was that you know I'd been out of the league for a while. So I didn't have, and I never had like a big, like, you know, I'm not Kurt Warner, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not Troy Aikman. Um, I, I, I didn't have a big name, right? I, didn't have, I never won a Super Bowl. I wasn't at the Pro Bowl. Uh, so, so it's hard to break into that. It's a very, very competitive industry, too. There's not, a, you know, there's not an infinite amount of, of broadcasting jobs out there. So, yeah. right. So, so I said, okay, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm also going to have to do it on my own. And one of the really cool things is, that we're doing right now is podcasting. So I started a, 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 a podcast. I don't do it anymore called the D2 sports podcast. And I just, okay. I, I reached out to people and I, I talked to division two athletes and coaches and, and administrators and told those stories. Cause I was really affected by my time at Westchester. And from that, that, that kind of got me an opportunity to do the next thing. And then the next thing, and I did a lot of stuff for free and I drove all over the place and, uh, I've kind of put this together, but what, but I, I've met some guys up in state college that were doing, they were putting together this little show and it started out, it's called the obligatory PSU pregame show. And it basically just started out in somebody's backyard where there was three of us drinking a lot of beer, grilling food. It was like a tailgate, right? And we would just talk Penn state yeah. football. But really the big thing that we wanted to do was we wanted to talk about more, more the the kind of lifestyle that is being a Penn Stater, right? You know, going to school in Happy yeah. Valley, and, and so we talk football. Football is kind of the the church, right? That's what brings everybody together. But at the end of the day, like Penn Staters are more than that, and so so we kind of turned this thing into this TV show. And we started out putting it on YouTube, and nobody watched. Uh, and somehow or other, yeah. we, we 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 garnered a little bit of a following, and then we were able to get it on like a what it's called the Pennsylvania Cable Network. So it's kind of like a you know, it's, it's uh, they do like factory tours and nature stuff. And then on Saturdays we got our show on. There. And so we grew, we grew, we were on TV, you know, all of a sudden we could sell advertising. We thought maybe we got some here by the end of our first run on PCN. Um, we were, we were getting a hundred to 200,000 people watching a weekend. And oh, nice. yeah. And so we're kind of like, all right, you know, so last year we took it and we took, tried to step it up and we created the company called blue white media around the show and uh we put it we we got the show syndicated right so we, we i mean look and and it was definitely not easy and there have been a lot of mistakes i'm still making mistakes uh, i'm learning as i go but last year we were on in like 35 million homes you know we were on a couple oh, different wow. yeah we were we were on a couple different uh you know kind of uh direct tv and you know kind of comcasty kind of big uh sports ne- yeah network kind of things yeah. that covered a lot of houses and uh it was cool. And this year, you know, I'm, I'm starting the process right now of getting this into syndication again for 2019 and doing some, some really cool things there, but it's a lot of fun. Right. And I enjoy it. I like to do it. Uh, it, it, it combines, you know, some things that I love more than anything else, which is, you know, Penn state and football and, and all those little things. And, and I've got a good group of guys that I work with and, uh, it's a lot of fun, man. I, I'm really excited to see where it goes because I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've just kind of scratched, scratch the surface and uh that's allowed me to go do some other things too i call uh i'm an am an in game analyst you know for for the caa so villanova and jmu and delaware uh, i get to call those games on saturdays which is a lot of fun and 
hopefully over the next yeah. couple of years, I'll be on, you know, I'll be, you know, for we're doing something with the Big Ten Network or ESPN or something along those lines on Saturdays. Uh, you know, that's that's the goal, and uh, and we'll just see what happens, man. But it's been a, it's been an interesting ride, to say the least. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great that, yeah, like you said, you found something you love to do and combining the your your love for your university and for football and being able to to find uh, an outlet uh, an outlet there as well. So it's uh, it's great there, and I hope hopefully it uh, continues to grow and uh, you know, grow in syndication. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see it uh, see it up here in, in Canada as well. Hopefully, sometime too. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I'm a big fan of Canada. I uh, I used to come up there and do fishing, go fishing all the time. Um, oh, yeah, great fishing up here. Oh know. man, amazing fishing, man! I fell in love with uh, with musky fishing up there. We used to go up uh, just north of uh, Toronto into like Peterborough and the Kawartha chain, and uh, okay, ab- yeah. absolutely loved it. Me and my buddies from Penn State, those guys I played with, went for years before we all started having kids and you know life tying us down. Uh, we would go up there for five six days and and uh, you know hang out and drink trip. drink some good beer and catch some big fish, man. That's a good time. Nice, nice. All right, so uh, yeah, just like to finish it off with uh, what I call a top of the mountain moment. So, kind of looking back on your your football journey and and uh, all the things you've gone through and and obstacles and ups and downs, highs and lows that you've you've went through. Is there a, a favorite story or favorite memory? Uh, uh, words of wisdom for for younger kids? How would you how would you like to end things off here? Man, you know, that's a, a lot of ups and downs. Obviously, just kind of going yeah, through that. I, I yeah. think <laughs> I think for me, look, you know, for me, one of the one of the the moments for me that I think. I'll always, uh, I don't know, like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Like when I finally made the team in Dallas, right? I've been cut. I've been on the practice squad. I've been on NFL Europe. Uh, I was a guy that, you know, the odds were against me, undrafted free agent. And I'll never forget sitting in that locker room. And the, it was the, the, la- the day the last cuts were happening. And I was sitting in my, my locker was kind of at the end of a row. And, uh, and the Dallas locker room is a big square. I remember just sitting there. I must have been green. You know, I was just waiting to get cut. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and, I'll, and I'll never forget, man, Bob Haas, who was the, one of the trainers, he walked in and he walked by me and he looked at me, right? And he kept walking and then he turned around and he came back through and there was a curtain right by my, right by my, my locker where, where you could go out into the hallway. Uh, and, he, and he grabbed me and he pulled me out of the hallway. He said, hey, man, you're okay. You're not getting cut. And I was like, man, that, oh, that man. like, I was just like, like that feeling um, was, was amazing, man. And, and I was, I just, you know, I wouldn't quit. I, I just wouldn't quit. And I, and I think that the, you know, th- this game is, is amazing and it's great. And not just because it is a great it, of the game, but because of the things that it teaches you and, and, and life is a series of ups and downs. And if you played football at some point, I'm sure a coach has said there's an ebb and flow to the game, right? There's ups and downs within the yeah. game. And, and life is like that too. There were a lot of ups, I've been a lot of downs. I'm coming out of a down right now. And, uh, yeah. but, but that's what the game teaches you. That if you just keep working hard, good things will happen for you. They don't always happen the way you want them to or how you want them, but, but, but they will happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Great words of wisdom and great words for, for younger kids to, to realize that. Yeah. Life is, uh, is definitely like football where things are, can go up things can go down but to just kind of persevere and there's going to be great moments and, and low moments but to just kind of keep working hard and and uh, things will, will work out in the end for you absolutely yeah 
Well, Brandon, I just want to say thank you for, for coming on the show. It's been a, a pleasure and a, an awesome interview. Uh, it's been really good. And uh, like we uh, mentioned, you have your, your blue-white media that's uh, taking off. So hopefully we can hear more about that in the future. And, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best in, in all your endeavors and everything that you're doing. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. And uh, anytime you want to talk, man, just uh, give me a shout. All right. Sounds good. Take care, Brandon. listening to after the gridiron if you're a fan of the show please make sure you subscribe to the show and also leave a rating and review by doing that you also help to spread the word about the podcast and assist others in finding the show so more people can enjoy this great content you can also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter with the links to those being found on the website your support is very much appreciated also, please visit the resources page on the website for links to our sponsors and affiliates. Their support helps to keep the show running. So go to www.atgridiron.com resources to check them out. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you when we kick off our next episode.